Welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. I'm Georgia, and it's my pleasure today to bring you the latest Halftime Huddle episode, a series of bonus eps bringing you candid conversations with some of our favourite athletes and sports insiders. For this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Brandon Smith, or as you might know him, the Hectic Cheese. If you don't know the name, Brandon is something of a cult hero in the NRL and one of my closest mates. We have some laughs, chat about where it all started for him, how the Melbourne Storm made it through the hub last year, and the off-field side of Brandon that you don't often get to see. We hope you enjoy. Now it's into the show. Champ Cheese. <laughs> Brandon, welcome. Please don't I feel so that. awkward because Wait, I've never had a zero chat with you before, on mic especially. Uh, but welcome to Chicks and Balls podcast, Halftime Huddle. How are we feeling? Halftime Huddle, what the? I'm feeling pretty good. Um... I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not very good at zero conversation. I didn't know it was going to be zero. That's right. Right, so we have some um, get-to-know-you questions to get the ball rolling for those who don't know you as well as I do. Sauce in the fridge or the pantry? Uh, In the pantry. I hate when the sauce is in the fridge and then it gets like that thick layer Mm. and you can't squeeze it. And then when you squeeze it too hard, it goes everywhere. Yeah. Uh, That's why I want So fair. Desert Island movie? One movie for the rest of your life? One movie for the rest of my life. Yeah. Probably Shawshank Redemption, but oh. that's a long movie. Yeah, but I mean, it's good because you can't watch anything else. Yeah. Let's hope I'm not stuck on a desert island. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be a good place to start. Mm. Favourite teammate to room with? Um, Favourite teammate? Probably Chris Lewis so far. Um, He doesn't do anything wrong, really. <laughs> and we're both messy as, but there's like method to the madness. So. Yeah, that's fair. The biggest bells of spray you've ever copped? Um, like, I don't really know how to explain it, but I've been yelled at a few times. <laughs> More than a few times, but um, probably the biggest was I missed a physio um, when I was in 2018, when it was like the start of the year, and he dropped me for like four games, and I didn't get to play in Smithy's testimonial game. Oh, sad. Yeah, and that was pretty, that was pretty upsetting. And he yelled at me in front of everyone in the physio room. It was pretty scary. Harry Grant is our live audience today and he says, thanks for that one. <laughs> did, did you cop the nine? <laughs> yeah, Harry, <laughs> Harry cop the nine for that one. So, um, And I know you love your live music. Best song live of all time? Uh, well, if I was there. If you were there or to, we, you know, you love a good live rendition on YouTube. Yeah, the Robbie Williams, Angels. Beautiful. Easy. We love it. Um, Thanks for that I feel like I know you way better now Thank you So I just wanted to quickly touch on the first time we met And I asked you off mic if you remember And you said no, but were we drinking? (laughs) And we were Well, that's why I don't remember Yeah, standard But I just wanted to say The first time we met And how I first off knew you were a good bloke This was a few years ago And we're both obviously very lucky to live in Richmond now But at the start we lived way out of the city Yeah and, like, kind of near each other, but, like, out. Yeah. And we were at the Dirty Swan. Yeah. And I got a cab home. We were going to share a cab, drop me, and then drop you. Yeah. And the cab driver went to your place first. And I was like, all right, good night. See you later, boys. And you and, shout out, Charlie Galo. Yeah. Wouldn't let me stay in the cab by myself. Oh. I'm such a good guy. Good mates. <laughs> and the cab driver was like, no, no, she'll be fine. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. And you were like, Georgia, you are not. Staying in this cab on your own. 
So that's how uh, I knew you were a good guy. Uh, and mates ever since, eh? Good guy or... <laughs> uh, um, thank you. You're welcome. Oh my god, I am a good guy. You are. <laughs> Confirmation. <laughs> I he always validated. Fast forward a few years, and last year we lived together yes. momentarily. I, at the start of COVID, my couple, the housemates I was living with at the time had to rapidly move back to Queensland, and you were lovely enough to let me move into your apartment. You were back mm. in New Zealand at this time. Yes. I was living there by myself for a while, but in the brief intermission when you came back to Australia yeah. before the club, before you went off to the bubble, we lived together. Yeah. How was that? It was good. You were like my own little um, Dobby, really. <laughs> like, the house is always so clean, guys. George is actually a really immaculate person. And, um, like, you'd come home and it'd just feel a lot more homely um, when she was around. Especially when, like, my girlfriend wasn't there for me to be looked after. Georgia was my girlfriend, not girlfriend. <laughs> my Dobby. My son. <laughs> I'm not going to say mother. Kind of mum vibes, though. Yeah, but, like, we had a not lot, a lot of, of girls like being called mother when they're not a mother. Yeah, that's fair, but I don't mind it when it's <laughs> Okay, you're my do- Dobby mother. <laughs> and it was, the comp hadn't started back up again yet, so you were just training heaps and we had boys around heaps at that time hey yes. everyone because it was real weird covid stages were sort of in lockdown sort of weren't the boys were training mm. it was a weird time for everyone it was a tough time i hated the whole that period of you know rugby league like we training for like the uncertainty of even playing so mm. like you're training for nothing really and our trainings aren't that easy so um for us to not know that we were playing and having to go in and see Belzer and Lockie and stuff all every day was pretty tough. But um, we got through it and I got to spend four weeks on my beautiful home island after that. So, Although I got to spend four weeks in lockdown. I wasn't able to leave the house, which was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So we're going to go back to the start now. And you moved from New Zealand to far north Queensland with your brother. Yep. When you were how old? 14. 14. When did you know that rugby league was what you wanted to do? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know for uh, years. Like, I, I went to a rugby league school. I went to Kirwan State High School. And, like, rugby league was literally a subject. And I was really good at that subject. <laughs> uh, I actually I actually passed that class. But, um, yeah, I didn't think anything was, like, actually going to happen until, like, I actually got signed by the storm. Like, going to school and stuff, I was a pretty... I'm like a bit of a delinquent. And then I played 20s and stuff, but I still didn't, like I was pretty good in 20s, but I still didn't think I was like that good. And then I played for the um, Junior Kiwis and had like a real good game. And like a week later, the Storm wanted to sign me on a three-year deal. And that was like the moment I was like, holy shit, like the Storm are good. Like they're really good. <laughs> I must be great. Yeah, like <laughs> I must be good, man. <laughs> no, but yeah, and then I just... That kind of shifted a lot of my focus towards actually wanting to be an NRL player. But I didn't think anything of it before, and I thought footy was just to get girls and be cool. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and has that changed? <laughs> it hasn't changed, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and it was fun, and you get heaps of mates playing sports, and all my pretty much all my mates I know of all sports players, except for my useless mates on Waiheke, they're not. <laughs> but, yeah... And Harry, my useless friend. 
Love it. Um, you mentioned you're a bit of a delinquent. Rascal was the word I had written down. <laughs> Who do you think had the biggest impact on you when you were in those delinquent years? Uh, I think I was my own worst enemy. Like everyone. Says, no, a good impact. Oh, good impact. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to throw someone under the bus for <laughs> leading you down the wrong path. No, nah, no. Nah, well, no one led me down the wrong path. <laughs> so I was the. I'm not a sheep. But um, from New Zealand, not a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> or, but um, yeah, the people that got me through it, I guess, was my family was um, always there for me. Like every time I really knew that I fucked up, like I always had my mum to fall back on, and I think that's um, something that has always been like me. For like, if I'm being an idiot, if I go see my mum and she tells me I'm being an idiot. You know, I'm going to listen to it. If my dad says it, I'll just tell him to shut up. <laughs> shut up, mate. He's saying I'm an idiot bloody every day of the week. So, um, yeah, I'll probably just fall back. And my sister as well. Um, every time I got in trouble, um, they were the people I called. And, uh, I, yeah, other than that, I pretty much just made all my friends be delinquents as well. <laughs> as you still do. Mm. Um, no, you're probably sick of talking about it. But we're going to touch on the hub last year. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I was down here by myself when you all took off to the hub. So I had some insight, but not a heap. Yeah. The highs and lows. I know you had some tough times during the hub. You lost a family member over in UZ, NZ yeah. during, the ta- during that time. Um, do you think that Storm's culture as a club made it easier? And what were some of the... Yeah, highs and lows and how it worked being up there. Yeah, that was probably the the biggest low of it. I lost my um, granddad and um, I remember I was sitting at the table when my mum rang me and we were all at dinner, like everyone was around and I just started like bawling my eyes out in front of everyone and um, just the way the boys reacted to it was like so good and um, Frank and that found out about it and they were trying to put every measure in place to get me back to New Zealand but... At the end of the day, like, I was talking to my mum and she was upset and she said, like, it's, you don't need to be here. Like, mm. you, can, you can still do everything. And we had a big family um, Zoom chat at, like, 11 p.m. and I had to sing a song. And I didn't realise that that whole, like, of my family, like, 150 people were all sitting in Marae and my face was on the Zoom chat and I sung Kenny... Kenny Rogers gambler because everyone <laughs> had to sing a song and I didn't know a song. I didn't know that was happening. So um, it was a little bit embarrassing because everyone was like cheering and stuff. I was like, who just heard that? And they're like, oh, like, we Everyone. got a few. everyone's here. <laughs> and I was like, you mother suckers. <laughs> but yeah, that was the lowest point. And another low point was when I broke my jaw. That shit was depressing, man. That was so sore. Mm. And like, you couldn't eat and like, you have to walk everywhere. You can't drive your bike. Mm. And. I don't know if anyone's been to Twin Waters, but it's a long walk to the meeting room and stuff. And I used to have a mad bike and I couldn't use it when I broke my jaw. And um, I had to eat like roast lamb, like baby food and shit like that. It was, it sucked. I lost a lot of weight though. I was looking real sharp, real trim. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that pain and shit. But the highs were the best. Like the hub life was the best thing that ever happened to the storm because everyone was so close with each other and mm. like everyone hung out with each other every day. Like my poor girlfriend didn't get to see me at all because I'd be playing cards or board games or something like that. So sorry, Savannah, but um, yeah, and 
Like winning the grand final was crazy. Yeah. Like crazy good. So you'd pay the hub credits for where Storm ended up last year? Yeah, 100%. Like there's got to be something to do with camaraderie and, and mateship that um, sports can't really, I don't know, record. Yeah. But yeah, we were the best friends ever. And even like the the um, awards night, like mm. no one was allowed to come in, like no media or anything, so we could carry on. I dialed in to I that, know, we and it was loose. Out. It was very loose, and like everyone, like we could just be ourselves and not have to worry about any corporate people being around and judging us and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, there's people on the tables. Cooper got up and done a random stint himself. He <laughs> he raided all the partners, like. <laughs> Not like not ra- like, like that. Ra- like, like they would hub, have like they had like uh, he had like an awards night for the partners and it was like best mother on ground or like best trainer on ground or like something like that. And it was all the partners. When and I first took home best uh, of Beck best kids. took home best dad of the year. Beautiful. That's that was Beck. That was not Fuss. <laughs> I, as I mentioned, dialed into that one and there's a recording of I presented an award irrelevant but Brandon's just in the background being like yo my house is so clean look at the background <laughs> so it's like I was in our kitchen and it was so funny but no it was great um touching on that and how Storm got you through at that time the aura of the club it is something that is spoken about all the time obviously you and I have both had the privilege of being a part of it and seeing how it works culture is the buzzword around it. Yeah. Many um, try to imitate, but no one has ever been able to execute it, in my opinion. Yeah. We, we, we as a club, Storm, <laughs> tend to be written off a lot and hated. You know, we can touch on the James Hooper article about all the reasons why people hate Storm, which I know you had a bit to say about. Yeah. What is it, in your opinion, that makes makes it tick, makes it all work? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue what makes it all work, but I just think that, yeah, like you said, with the culture side of things, like, it all stems from the top down, like, like I would say Frank and Craig are the top. Frank the is the football manager, yeah, for those Frank who don't Panisi, know. Frank um, legend. He's probably one of the best people in the world at his job, and then I would argue that Craig Bellamy is the best, and, like, they, that all trickles down to... You know the performance staff, all those people, and then, and then we've got like people like Cameron Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Del Finucane, who really drive the the standards at the club, and like even Will Chambers. When I first came, like I wasn't allowed to leave like wet training gear anywhere near him, as he'd honestly just blow up and just call me the pretty much a piece of shit. But now <laughs> we're like the best of friends, so I think the the culture and standards have been driven from the top for years, and I think you're. Dad was one of those people that started that, and I'm I'm sure he um, has a lot to do with how the club was run now. And um, yeah, it's just that's how it is. And I think Craig sees the little things in the club, or in the game that other people don't see. Like he doesn't give a shit about stats really, mm. unless it's tackling. But like, <laughs> it's all about effort, and um, that's what that's what I learned as a young kid coming into Storm. And um, you have to be. You have to put in effort to get anything you want and to get any results. So I think uh, a lot of clubs tend to not focus so much on that. Yeah, 100%. You touched on Cam there. There was obviously plenty of talk going on around his career and the way it would or wouldn't end last year. Yeah. 
how did that did or did it at all have an impact on the team or on you as someone who was you know set to be the next number nine? How do you think that impacted the way that the storm worked last year? Um, if like at all, with with him talking about retiring, yeah, I, I don't think it impacted any of us as much as people thought. Like all the boys wanted to know was like, what is he doing? But like <laughs> we didn't want to force it on him or anything. Like he's he's got enough respect in the game and as a person to us boys that. Like, whatever he does, we respect it. And um, everyone thinks that, like, there was articles coming out that it's making the club, like, you know, disjointed because he's been selfish and stuff. And no one thought that at all. Like, no one ever thought, um, you know, Cam was doing it. Like, it's a big it's a big step for him to take to retire after, like, nearly 20 years in the game. And he's still, like, the best hooker in the game like at the time. Yeah. And um, wasn't like his... Harry just said, no, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. But <laughs> no, but yeah, it didn't affect us like everyone thought it would. But um, I, I was happy that he did retire because I, I I played that position. But I was more happy because I know that Barb and the kids are going to spend a whole lot more time with him, and I'm sure that's one of the the factors that um, he retired for because um, they weren't able to really see him that much throughout his career, and it would have been t- a big toll on. Bob and how she you know, raised the kids and stuff, but now just um, best family ever. Hey? Yeah, best family ever. I on sometimes best sticky date pudding ever. <laughs> get sad about not sad, but you know, so few people get to see the side of Cam and yeah. Bob and the Smith family that we get to mm. see, and like it is an honor. An honor. Um, but yeah, I think there's a huge part of it, obviously. And when people do question the decisions he was making, you just want to like give them an insight into that family's life and yeah. be like, this is why, like, you know. I just don't understand, like, where all the hate come from because, like, he is, like, impeccable as a person. Like, yeah. he never does anything wrong. Like, he will give you hard conversations if you're being an idiot. Like, people that you, like, you need people like that. You need to hear honest truths a lot, and like, especially as a sports player. Like, you need people to come up to you and tell you you're doing things wrong, and he would do that. Yeah. And, like, at the same time, he's the funniest bloke you've ever met as well. Oh. And he had so much pull at the club that he could just stop a training session go, hey, mate, this is a too much. And he'd do that. And you'd just be like, holy shit. <laughs> do you we miss just that done now? That. <laughs> uh, he only done it a couple times, but I do, I, I do miss it. One of my, I think, stories that attest to him as a person the most is his 356th mm. game, the record-breaking NRL game. Um was during the period leading up to finals that Storm goes on a no-booze band. Yeah. And the man has just broken the record for the most games ever played. He, you know, is, like we've touched on, one of the greatest of all time. He flew some friends down, um, Greg Inglis and JT were there. Yeah. And we were sat up after the game and everyone was like, mate, they've la- named a wine brand after you. Like they had a special uh, lot of reds for that game. We were all drinking and he refused to drink a drop. And JT and GI just kept being like, mate, you're at the point in your career where you can say, do as I say, not as I do. Like, you've just <laughs> broke the record. Have a drink. And he was like, no, no, one in, all in. The boys aren't drinking. I'm not drinking. Yeah, that's 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 him to a T. Like, and that's what I'd come back to with the cultural thing. Like, it all trickles down from the top. Like, that he drives the standards and we all just follow it. Like, yeah, And absolutely. now Dale does the same thing and Jesse's doing the same thing. Like... That's how it all works. And I think for me from sort of, you know, on the outside-ish looking in, you got down here 
bit of a shit, if we're being honest. <laughs> I'm still a shit. I'm just like not Better as shit. big a but shit. But you learn from people like Cam and now I see your interactions and, you know, Harry who's sitting here as well with the young boys that come in and they are now where you were a few years ago yeah. and you get to have those conversations with them as well and sort of teach them the things that you've been taught and while Cam's not at the club anymore, his fingerprints all over the place yeah. and, you know, the players who have come before it, there's such an emphasis on that at the storm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't like to try to be like the big um, <laughs> motivational guy or anything <laughs> like that, but like if I, if one of the younger boys is struggling, it's pretty much our duty as the, I'm, I don't want to say older players because I'm yeah, but you've been there a few years now, I'm you know, someone, <laughs> I'm not someone, old, someone who's been around the place, yeah, but like it's our duty to uh, look after those kids and um, hopefully give them the best opportunity to um, um, somewhat try to be us, but um, it's on them to make the decision whether they want to be good or not and train hard. But yeah, the the, the storm recruit. Good kids, man, and all of the mm. kids at the club are good, except maybe one, but we will not name him. <laughs> um, all right, the last thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up is... Wait, maybe two. Harry Grant and Brandon Smith. Um, no, the media, there's obviously, bit of, you're a bit of a cult hero at the moment, Hectic Cheese, like we mentioned, <laughs> Champ Cheese. Um, the media, and while Keely just wants it, the record to show that she's wearing her Champ Cheese shirt because he made it right now. She wants me to date her too. <laughs> um, I'm trying to focus on my footy that I would have. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually a great lead in for what I want to talk to you about. So you are a bit of a cult hero at the moment, a larrikin. And look, I'm not saying the media make that personality up. You absolutely are. Legend to party with. Um, but I feel like the outside world see you as like the laxest bloke around which you are but what a lot of people don't get to see and which I've had the privilege of seeing while I lived with you was the side of you that's really meticulous and result driven you are someone who is always trying to (laughs) he's getting all awkward but I'm trying I'm trying to be nice yeah um Always looking to improve yourself, whether it's on or off the field. You watch a lot of inspirational stuff. You do lots of research into what's good for you and what's not in terms of like your diets and stuff like that. And (laughs) Harry's laughing because I don't know why. I'm trying to – yeah, it's true. trying to be really nice here. But I want to talk about that side of you, the goal setting and the constantly bettering yourself because I do think that people on the outside are like, oh, he's just blessed. And while you are obviously blessed with a lot of natural talent, you work – really hard yeah. on your game and on your person outside of the field. He did go vegan for a hot minute after game changes. Yeah. We don't need to touch on that. Um, I'm a pescatarian right now as we speak. Yeah. So I want to talk about that, the goal setting side of you. Maybe what are some goals or how you feel that that off field impacts your on field? Uh, like, yeah, well, like you said, whatever – I get seen in the media like Which I am, is a good thing. I'm not saying it's no, a bad I thing. People just funny don't see it. I do love a good time and um, all that, but that's like 20 percent of me, and yeah. like I'm gonna post that because people like it. It's funny. <laughs> but I do like I'm a really hard trainer. I was as a kid. I had trained. I played started playing when I was three, and I had a dad that was like. A, wanted me to be an NRL player even when I didn't even know I wanted to be an NRL player. Mm. And, like, I trained all the time and 
like literally all the time. Like I'd do boxing like from when I was five. I did boxing to like two days a week, and then I'd train like three days a week for like footy, whether it was school footy or not. And like everyone sees that funny, whatever. Have a good time, and that is me. But I've been training for literally twenty two years to be mm. to be where I am today, and like it's a lot harder than it thinks. Like, like when I was a kid, I I used to have to wake up at four a.m. in the morning and go clean like houses and shit with my parents, and like no one really knew that about me, and no one does know that about me. Like, and I'd have to go deliver the paper at like seven thirty before school and shit. It was fuck. I hated it, mm. but. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. I was waking up at four o'clock and like doing those things as like a kid all the way till I was fourteen, and then I moved to Townsville. And I was like, "Hold, I don't want to keep doing that." So that's when that whole party life started. I was a strict kid. I never went to like parties and stuff when I was young. Oh, never really got to go do all that stuff, and I gave that up early. And now that's why I am who I am today. It's not because of um, natural talent or anything like that. Um, I think I just worked my ass off as a kid and. Um, yeah, I like to have a good time. And we love to have a good time yeah. with you. I just think it's important that the people know that, mm. you know, you are such a hard worker. And like I said, I was very lucky to spend some time living with you and see that side of you even closer up than I had before. Um, I just want the records yeah. to show that you work harder yeah. than a lot and of I've people. I've still got, like, a lot more to give. Like, I've got a lot more to go. And that's why I always experiment with diets and shit and just trying to see what works for me and mm. how I can... I do outlander shit too. I watch motivational videos for like hours on the end if I have to. Now I'm stuck in the Bitcoin and stuff. I'm full. <laughs> but I feel like I'm that's a good time. example though. Because I'm full time now and I'm fully invested. In anything it. Like I've you read do. like three books on it. Yeah. Like anything I do, I'll, I want to be the best at. Like golf, I started playing like four weeks ago and I'll go like five times a week now. Yeah. Just because I want to be better than the. No, that's a perfect example. I feel like that's just it in a nutshell. Anything that you do, do nothing's ever half-assed. You are uh, all in man. Competitiveness. I had to compete with my older brother and sister all the time. Yeah, and I always won. (laughs) Um. Well, that's all I have to ask you about. Thank you so much for coming and having a zero chat with me. Yeah, thank you. Thank Thank you for for a great weekend also. I am the balls on chicks and balls. You sure are. <laughs> I said it this I said it earlier. <laughs> Harry, do you have anything to add? I don't know if you can hear that. Harry said Harry Oh said, yeah. Harry said he loves You can't hear that, but Harry loves you. Marley. Hey, what did you say about what? me? Nothing. I was just gonna ask, I think the people need to know your favourite WWE moves. <laughs> you would have seen a couple the other night, I'm pretty sure. That's what I wanna ask. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite was probably um, Eddie Guerrero for the five star frog splash. <laughs> can pop- confirm he can do it. <laughs> from the we'll top ropes, we'll post that video. I popped that on Keely or from top ropes. It was Marley. Oh, did I do it? You? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was to you. No. It was to you. you we'll post the video. So I everyone was knows sober. Who um. We love it. Well, thank you. I'm sorry. I thought it, was- <laughs> it would be okay if it was Keely. No, no, if it was you, I wouldn't care. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Hectic Cheese. Welcome anytime on the show. She's upset. Oh, Keely's sad now. We love you. Oh, we love you too, chicks and balls. Good luck this weekend, brother. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this halftime huddle app of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now. You can also follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod. And if you know someone who'd like this chat, share the app with them too. We'll be back in your ears with our regular weekly episode on Thursday. Until then, catch you next time.